The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Let's go! Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, one-on-one showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Friday, May 26th, 2023. Listeners, please welcome back fan favorite, multiple award-nominated adult industry veteran performer, Jay Smooth. Welcome back, Jay. Thank you very much for having me. Welcome, everybody. It is so great to have you on. As I was telling you before we started recording, it has been a moment since we last did an interview. Uh, It's almost six years since we last did an interview. And uh, I will say this, you know, we've done two interviews here on One on One with Poppy Chulo with you. And both of them, as I was telling you, still do incredibly well with the downloads. So your fans, uh, you know, have been downloading and listening to both of those interviews, which I will say were pretty damn good interviews. I mean, if you want to know everything about Jay Smooth in regards to how he got into the business and that sort of thing, you definitely want to check both of those interviews out, uh, our interview from 2015 and 2017. That's truly impressive. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. that uh, we've recorded those two, and, and they're still so popular. I have a wonderful fan base. I'm very grateful for every single fan that I have. I love the sound of that. So hopefully they enjoyed this interview as well. And uh, typically, I like to start off uh, these interviews by getting some unique stats out the way. So let's update the listeners. Uh, what's your height and weight? Uh, I'm a 6'3", and I weigh about 210 pounds currently. What's your zodiac sign? Pisces. How old are you? I just turned 40. What's your ethnic background? Ethnic background, you know, race-wise, I'm white. Uh, I'm originally Polish. And how long have you been in the industry? Since 2013, so that will make it 10 years this year. 10 years. Congratulations. A big milestone mm-hmm. age-wise and a big milestone in the industry. That's amazing. Congratulations, That's Jay. That's right. Two big milestones. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm still alive. I should be very, very happy for that. Yes. Well, we should all be happy that we're still alive. A lot of people in this business. Well, that is true, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel (laughs) you on that. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about something that's really interesting about you that, I'll be honest, I hadn't really, really noticed until you mentioned it to me. Because, you know, you know how the industry works, as you know, because you work in it. Mm -hmm. But for the listeners out there that don't know, you know, sometimes websites and studios, they will record, 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 and record, and they will have almost like a stockpile of content that they haven't released yet. And I felt like I was seeing like a lot of stuff of yours that was new, that was dropping, but you referenced to me that you have been slowly moving away from the industry, and that you mostly 
create content for your site as well as you know you do collaborations with fellow performers and that sort of thing and you've been doing a lot of solo shoot content for your original content as well and that sort of thing so my question for you is why the change why did you why did you decide to slowly step away you know, several reasons. I think one of the reasons first was um, we kind of were forced to um, slow down and or even stop due, due, due to the pandemic. Everything started changing drastically around 2020. I remember when I shot my um, last professional scene before the pandemic hit, and then this whole mess started. That was actually on my on my uh, on my birthday. I will never forget that the same very day the state got shut down. So. Um, it, it's strangely another coincidence, but um, uh, we we didn't know what's going to happen, and and since then a lot of things changed in the world, you know, about many different jobs and professions, and and how remote work became a standard, how uh, in the adult industry um, people started taking care of their own business more, uh, utilizing their platforms and be more in control of their what they're creating. I think that's just forced me and many fellow performers to reconsider the business model of it. Um, it's not necessarily the beginning that I wanted to step away that much, but uh, it just was, uh, we were forced to. And then when the industry so sort of reopened during the pandemic, it was so um, strict and, and restricted in terms of the testing protocols for that. It was very, um, very burdensome to, to, to shoot. I also didn't feel safe to put my, my, my family, myself into this position that I should not uh, um, do too much work that, that during that time. So I was very, very limited as to what I was doing for any other studios and productions. And I think it started there. And as I figured out that um, it's a natural transition for me to to do more of my own uh, content where I can be more in control what I wanted to shoot I wanted to cater towards my fans um, I have more freedom for that I can also um, cater towards those fans I can really create the, the type of content that my fans really really want and uh, uh, and as you probably know maybe many many of you will know about that uh, you know being in, on the side of the industry it's not really um, being a male performer is not really a type of uh, 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 very glamorous uh, job because we don't get too much credit for a lot of work that we do. For you know, so I've, I've shot more than thousand scenes from professional studios in the ten-year period, and you know, various scenes, and and many of those, you know, I don't even know where they are or if I was credited for them, and 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 you know, it's it's, it's just very strange, you know, for, from a male perspective. So. Um, I just wanted to be more in control of what I wanted to do, how what I want to create, and, and present it to my fans. And, and there were opportunities. I started shooting for my site uh, since 2017. So since 2020, probably 2020-ish, that became uh, something that um, you know I really took advantage of, and it's been uh, that ever since. That's one of the two of the reasons. Third, I would say. Uh, is that I not necessarily resonated with uh, with the direction where the industry was going. Um, there were um, institutions in this business and organizations that were glorifying people that I ethically and morally don't agree with and how they behave towards uh, their female counterparts, how they handle themselves. They were glorified for their behaviors. They were awarded for, for, for their, you know, 
performances. They were, uh, you know, being treated like they are stars or something while they're, you know, many scandals and many misbehaviors. And I just didn't feel like this is, a, this is the direction that I wanted to, to put myself in and represent the industry as it is in that format. So um, I slowly became enjoying uh, stepping away and, 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 and for, uh, focusing on collaborations with my solo content on, on custom content and, and things that I have more control of. Well, and then, go ahead. Uh, then just yeah, giving, yeah, giving myself out to, to, to the studios. And probably the fourth reason, I'm sorry, I'm just kind of an elaborated answer, but that gives you a little bit of overview of, of, of the whole situation. Uh, with a lot of the directors and, and producers that I used to work with pretty regularly um, either left the business or, 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 or changed their business model to the extent that I became way, way more unfamiliar with this new model and this, in this industry. It was very different. Many studios that I worked for uh, stopped shooting um, a lot of movies that I've been performed in regularly, and everything changed. And I guess it's just like, you know, like animals, like 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 we all are. We adopt to new conditions to to survive, and 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 you know, especially in the entertainment industry. So, I think it was like a natural natural uh, uh, flow of things. Well, you unpacked a lot, so I do have a couple of follow up questions for you. Mm-hmm. Well, well, the first thing that I want to say is more of a statement than a follow-up. I mean, one of the things that I hope, if there there is any legacy or anything for the podcasts that I do, is I hope that these podcasts have been able to shine a light on the male performers that usually do not get anywhere near the spotlight, you know, because the industry, you know, does focus more on the women in the industry and that sort of thing. So I I hope that the listeners and the fans out there, you know, are able to really get to know or have been able to really get to know their favorite performers in a way that they maybe don't typically get the chance to via my interviews. So I just want to put that out there because I fully understand what you're saying. You know, the industry, you know, does not really um, at times uh, give, uh, you know, some of the legends and some of the male legends in the game as much of a spotlight as the women in the game. So I, I completely hear what you're saying. What I want to ask you, and I guess um, I was going to ask this anyway, so let me ask this question and I can use this as the follow-up to to everything that you were saying about the changes in the industry. How has the adult industry changed since the last time that we spoke? So we spoke six years ago, almost six years ago. This July will be six years. How has the industry changed and where do you see the adult industry going. You've been speaking a little bit about the changes and that sort of thing, and that's why you've stepped away and you focused on your stuff. But where do you see the industry going, and uh, what are some other changes that you've noticed in the industry? Well, you know, I also think I've changed, and, and, and not only the industry changed, because there were changes in the industry, but I think I've changed too, how I perceive it, how I look at it, and what I experience in it, and what I want to experience, or what I don't want to experience, right? So um, I think uh, when I joined the business, it was, a, it was an exploration, it was discovery, it was learning on the fly with a lot of things, and, and exploring the, the, where this industry is going to bring me. I never envisioned being in this industry for so long. I never thought about even being able to. 
to do this for 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 years and, and now it's a decade so um and i'm i'm, I'm very grateful for all of all those opportunities i i really 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 enjoyed my my ride uh, in it and, and i'm still enjoying it if i'm you know I, I always say that to every fan and everybody who's asking me a question i'm not going to if i'm not going to keep enjoying it if i'm not going to be finding um enjoyment and pleasure what i do uh no matter what it would that be i would not do it so yeah it's that's that's a must now how the industry changed not changed uh, uh quite dramatically over the last 10 years i think since i started you know i remember the days where we were shooting a lot of big productions for days for big studios in-house in their studios similarly to what Warner Brothers and Paramount Studios or Sony or big 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 uh, mainstream studios do of course on smaller scale but still in-house so-called then uh, everything started being uh, downsized up to the point where where today's technology allows people to shoot pretty much everywhere everything uh, it doesn't have to be too much production value because that production value doesn't really transfer uh, uh, transcend to to uh, monetary gains for 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 studios. So basically, the production is very expensive. Maybe it looks fancy, but it doesn't really sell. It's in the, in the other day's business. Uh, as much as I look at, the, at it as an art, but also business. So you know, if it doesn't make money, then obviously there is no support to it. So uh, a lot of the studios. Um, uh, maybe not went out of business directly, but they had to um, change their business models. So they had to downsize, they had to outsource. Uh, there were some big studios like Penthouse that I used to shoot for a lot. And, and the studio uh, got bankrupt, it was bought up by a different studio from Europe. Now it's pretty much a smaller production. When I was inside of that studio um, a couple of weeks ago, it's a completely different world. I mean, you know, the same... I work with similar people, but it's so small comparing to what it used to be. So um, I think the fact that uh, uh, there are so many creators, they're not necessarily are, are professional performers, they're amateur creators. The internet uh, kind of provided a platform for so many people to do whatever they want to do. Uh, they completely revolutionized this whole model. You know, back at the time of people like Tommy Gunn, for instance, who I know for many years, and he's been in this business, oh, my God, for he's a true legend. But, you know, he was uh, in this business when they were shooting mainstream, almost like almost mainstream movies, you know, where they have different uh, the entire schedules with costumes, with, with people on set, with huge crews, up to the point where, you know, where now it, it's such a small uh, production. And back then, you, 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 you couldn't really make adult content by yourself. You have to have a studio, you have to have a production company. It was way more difficult to do it now. A lot of amateur uh, filmmakers and, and, and performers can shoot it, put it out and, and, and you know, and, and monetize it. It's completely different world, completely different world. So I experienced those changes up to this point. And I think also I grew up from when I started up to this point and I also am in a different place in my life and I want to focus on different things. And uh, my time is very valuable to me because, uh, you know, in life people can give you, uh, can pay you for your time. They can give you some, some material goods back, but they're never going to give you time back. So you better make sure that you use your time wisely in life. So, you know, I think as the industry changed, I also changed. So I think that, that we both evolved. Um, and now, um, you know, I'm just... Um, I'm a part of the, the side of the industry that I want to be a part of, and I'm happy about it.
Nowadays, how often would you say you actually do studio work? What's the what's the percentage now? Very little. I would say for the recent time, recent months, I would say it's ten percent. It used to be probably ninety percent back mm-hmm. back at the time when we spoke last time. Now it's ten percent. Now it's ten to ninety, and back then was ninety ten. I was just starting to do my own content pretty much at the time of our second interview. And now it's pretty much ninety percent. I dedicate time to 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 shoot my own things and create my own things, and very very little time I dedicate to study work. I mostly work for studios or for directors that you know come with uh, either I know them and I and I and I know that um, it's a very efficient and 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 good setting. So or it's a big big feature production requires a lot of acting, and it's it's nice. And I really want to be part of it because I, I, I like the script, I like the idea, you know, I like the performers, you know. I give them more control these days to pick people who I wanted to shoot with, what I wanted to do. So I like that way more than, than back at the time. So, uh, But yeah, but like as I said, a lot of those directors, a lot of those companies do not shoot this content often. So uh, I don't shoot often as I used to. There is something that you referenced that I do want to touch on, and you mentioned this when you were giving your first answer about why you were moving away or why you've moved away from the industry. Mm-hmm. And that the thing is, you referenced that something that personally bothered you is seeing abusive performers uh, getting... Uh, rewarded with awards, nominations, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, it's up to you if you want to name names. That's your thing. What I want to ask is there has been something that did happen since we last did an interview, and that is the Me Too movement. There has been a sort of Me Too movement in the industry. What I've noticed ever since Me Too happened, you know, in the larger entertainment industry as well as as well as in the corporate world and that sort of thing and in our general consciousness i have noticed that performers are feeling much more free to openly discuss uh performers that are abusive on sets um i have seen that you know as opposed to like back in the day you know when twitter first started and there would be rumblings you know of you know performers would um you know, maybe allude to things versus explicitly talking about it. Nowadays on social media, if a performer has experienced um, some sort of abuse on sets, performers are much more comfortable openly talking about it. What's your thoughts on that? Like, do you feel like some of that conversation can spark change in the industry where abusive people, whether they're performers, directors, or behind-the-scenes individuals, where they sort of like, you know, um, sunlight is a good disinfectant. So bringing that information out into the light of day could spark change, no? Yes, yes and no, yes, because, it, you know, you have to be a whistleblower. You have to, you have to, you know, bring up the information that it may be covered up for, for, for a reason by a lot of people who are so sort of in power and they used to be and, and, and they could get away with a lot of behaviors like that. Like in mainstream industry and other industries, we heard it. You mentioned that movement. That's good. But what is really bad about it, it's very easy to tear somebody down 
and it's like um, you accusing somebody who has no chance to defend themselves. And even if they defend themselves, uh, they're already burned. And this scar, scarring that comes from, from it's very easy to, to tear people down, especially when, when females will raise some concerns about males. Um, it's very easy to tear somebody down. And there were many, a lot of examples of, of, of uh, people who, who were properly called out. But once in a while, there is somebody who, you know, who somebody dislikes or trying to, to tear down an attack like in any other industry. And this device is very, very dangerous. This whole cancel culture and, and canceling people for, for, you know, what they said one time or they did. You know, we're all human beings. We make mistakes. Of course, there are mistakes and there are mistakes. You know, I've never... I have always paid attention to this, uh, you know, and always treated people with respect and, and, and you know, and never uh, would, would, would do things that some of those people could do. But at the same time, you know, like anybody, uh, you can take uh, words out of context, you can take certain behaviors out of context. You know, I, I was accused by one performer once, you know, one female performer, that I am, a, 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 you know, that I um she basically put me in the same uh, the same uh, role with uh, with some white supremacists or people who who had slaves in this country, and she was a white uh, female. And I explained her politely, it's like you you you're out of your mind because I'm a Polish immigrant. I have you have no idea about your country's history. You know things can get absurd, and then you know and and this is very little. This is a very small thing that happened, but you know there are serious abuses. From you know people in this business, so it's 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 uh, it's a very it's a very uh, difficult topic to discuss publicly in open light because it's like a court without you know like a like a, a court without a judge you know so it's a public court so public, a court of public opinion and that opinion can be uh, manipulated and it can be um, magnified by uh, by people and sometimes people jump on the bandwagon and and wanted to punish everybody else and, and you know. There were directors that were accused. There were performers, male performers, that were accused of a lot of different things. You know, uh, well, to me personally, what really bothered me when I mentioned that earlier was the fact that uh, there were studios, there were directors, and there were male performers who were uh, being glorified by their performance, their style, the, the, who they are, and, and, and truthfully, they were, you know, abusing their powers and the, their positions. Yeah, you know, like any other industry, you know, you have corruption, you have you have uh, good people and bad people. So over the time, you know who those people are, and you, if you want to, you know, uh, function happily and 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 you know, and and in a good positive environment, you just hang out and and work with those who you deem uh, valuable and 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 good, not the ones that are bad. So you know, I made a conscious decision about that and and decided to. Um, change my perspective on certain things once I became aware of them. All right, I have another follow-up about this. And my question for you is, what do you think can be done to change the culture then in the industry? You know, you're someone that's been in the game for a decade. And something that I have brought up to other performers that, you know, I feel could be a, a good thing that the industry could benefit from is actually having some sort of union like mainstream actors do, like SAG, the Screen Actors Guild. Um, you know, I don't know what it would be called, the Porn Actors Guild, I don't know. But <laughs> I, I feel like the industry 
even though there's so much politics in it and you would have to select the right people to be in charge of it, you know, that aren't gatekeepers, that aren't, you know, um, abusers as themselves. But the, could the industry mm -hmm. benefit from some sort of guild, some sort of union that oversees things so that, you know, if there is, you know, a performer that's, you know, abusing things to get ahead or is actually physically abusive, they can investigate that sort of thing? Um, what, what are your thoughts on a, a kind of mm -hmm. governing body to uh, investigate any accusation? Well, it's it's a little more complex than it might appear from the outside because this industry is a truly wild west in a sense. A lot of people want to keep it wild west because this this is not a type of industry like the mainstream uh, film industry where everything is pretty much nicely regulated and and you can operate it in many different places. You know, in the state there are only two states in the union, in the United States that are allowing shooting this type of content. And as far as I'm concerned, it's California and it's uh, New Hampshire. Everywhere else, the legislature either is quiet, but it's not officially purely legal. So now, if you want to create an organization that will oversee an industry like that, that's already a pretty controversial statement. Second, a lot of people in this industry don't really want that kind of uh, uh, governing body. There's a lot of libertarians, there are a lot of people who want limitation on, on, on any possible regulation of this business because that's how they operate and see the world. There is a big chunk of people who, who are definitely pro-unionizing uh, and, and creating that entity so that could organization could represent the industry as a whole, even with the stakeholders or with lobbies and people with government and, and try to even help to, you know, uh, protect the industry from, from attacks, especially these days where, where, you know, all the adult content and everything sex-related is absolute and a huge scrutiny of, of the government and, and, uh, and other organizations, but the religious organizations or organizations that are trying to turn down the whole industry as, as they deemed the industry to be the sole evil and, and they use various adjectives to describe how bad all the people in this industry are in the industry itself. So that's been always a case, you know, there's always been a, a fight for freedom of expression and, and, and things like that. It's, that's that's the outside problem, you know, the, within the business, those situations don't help, of course, for the image of the business, especially for the people who wanted to turn the business down, and that's their life objective. Um, it's, you know, it's been discussed. There are some voluntary organizations within the industry where some people decide to belong and, and kind of are part of them, and they're activists, and, and, and they're trying to, to stick together. Um, you know, uh, a lot of those abusers were brought by women who stood uh, together and, and decided to to to, to uh, stand up to, you know, certain practices that, that absolutely were unacceptable. And thanks God for that because, you know, a lot of those people could be, uh, then they were pretty much cut off from the business as they should be. But to, to find a, a, a real solution for that, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it would be nice to have an organization that could step up, let's like you mentioned, porn union or, or porn actors guild or whatever you call it, to, to represent the business. But I hope be probably something more broad because the whole sex industry is being under constant attacks. So, so to have a platform to, to speak about it openly and, and defend it because, you know, people do the job, uh, create 
pay taxes and then they're still being discriminated by banking institutions, by financial institutions, by government, by local governments, by state governments, uh, you know, and, and so forth. So, you know, it is a very, very challenging business to be in and a very challenging time. Um, so on top of that, then there are the internal problems that, you know, that are happening like in any other business industry. And um, I think the fact that, um, you know, um, it's such a broad business these days, like I said before, you don't have a very small pool of performance in studios. Now it's like a global village. Internet brought it everything to, to expand that. Who is part of this industry, right? There can be anybody from anywhere that has some presence online or has a website or has a profile or, or, or all of a sudden is part of the industry. This is not a time where they were number of performers and studios and that was it. Now you have a huge play field for so many people. There's no way to control that in that uh, environment as you refer to because Screen Actors Guild operates for, for North American actors. Here you have to have a different organizations for different people, different countries. Some countries uh, deem this business legal, some countries deem this business illegal and the states in the union are different. So there's a lot of issues that are come to play, uh, to play uh, before such organization could really uh, properly function. I appreciate the breakdown because from the outside looking in, it does sound simple, but now I come, you know, I have a, a greater understanding of the intricacies of the industry. I mean, I knew it was a Wild West before, but uh, the, the points that you made are incredibly important and valid in regards to how difficult it would be to... Uh, make such a uh, governing body. What I thought was incredibly fascinating about your, what you referenced, when you talked about the two states where it's sort of-ish legal, I thought you were going to say Nevada, because I know that the industry has moved so much you know, to like Vegas in particular. Yes, uh, so, so is Florida. And a lot of people will think because there's quite a few companies there too and a lot of big amateur scene, a lot of performers uh, live and, and create there. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, officially California, you know, deems this business as a legal business, New Hampshire as well, but the, the rest is just quiet. So technically, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's the gray area. There are some states that is illegal. I'm not sure, Greg, I don't want to, you know, I don't have the information in front of me to, mm -hmm. to confirm all the 50 states, but I know that you mentioned Nevada or Florida. As far as I'm concerned, and if I'm wrong, then, uh, you know, probably somebody will correct me. Um, they're just gray areas. They're just quiet about it, you know. It's, it's not like it's expressly stated that it's a legal business, uh, but since there's no enforcement, uh, you know, then people keep doing it until you know something changes and and you know this is like a very nomadic business people people always find a way people always find a way to survive you know and in the in sex business and, and, and adult industry has been in existence for for a long time and it will be in existence because it is an, uh, a, a huge part of uh, uh, human nature and, and and the type of entertainment will, will be always necessary even though some religious fanatics and other people uh, deem to, you know, fight against it and, 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 and call us whatever names they want to call us. Uh, you know, my opinion about it is, is very firm and I can, I can stand up and defend it if I have to, and I do. Mm, but, 
Yeah, yeah, this is interesting. I know from from the outside perspective, it looks uh, that you know Nevada would be one of those states where yeah, this is totally fine. Yeah, but there's you know there there is a county in Nevada where you know when the prostitution is legal. I think it's the only one place in the United States that actually that is. Uh, officially legal, but it doesn't mean that it's Clark County in Las Vegas. This is a different county, also. I think that might not be necessarily known for a lot of people. So yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely not a, a black and white clear cut, as some might might think from the outside. Absolutely, I completely understand. Now, what I want to ask you is about your career in the industry in general because as we've been discussing you've been in the game for 10 years now it's a big number it's an impressive number what do you attribute your longevity to well for every male performer yeah i mean first of all i'm, I'm glad i'm still alive we, we made a joke before but uh you know uh <laughs> Uh, I, I'm smiling, I'm laughing right now, but uh, there's a lot of thoughts crossing my head and people that uh, that we lost that I knew personally, and, and it's it's crazy how, you know, you speak with somebody one day and you laugh, and then the other day or two days after you, you hear the news that somebody is no longer with us. And that happened to me quite a few times in the last 10 years. So, um, you know, um, it, 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 it is a joke on the, on the side that I'm still here, but, uh, you know, Life is very, very fragile and, and, and precious, and there's a lot of young people that not necessarily should be in this business, and sometimes their mental health is, it's, needs a lot of help. But it's not only this business, it's, it's entertainment in general. My longevity, I think, I think you know, I, I, I live a relatively healthy lifestyle, you know, I don't... Uh, I don't party hard anymore. I used to when I was very young, but that was before the time for the industry. I uh, take care of myself, I, I eat right, I try to manage my sleep, I stay away from stress, you know, trying to be, be mentally healthy and, you know, um, positive environment, create a positive environment. Um, uh, what else? I think, you know, the fact that the biggest honor in this business for a male performer is when you are being um, respected and um, uh, constantly brought back to work because that's 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 the, that means that you know you can do the job and people trust you and 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 I create you know the, the environment and said that everybody knows what to expect from me they know that you're going to have an easy day with me and and I'm generally a pretty likable person on sets among my co-stars um and yeah and I mean I would all those factors I will, will put in uh you know I still feel very good um both mentally and physically, and, and yeah, like I said, uh, it's still making uh, me excited when I can uh, do some fun projects and create with uh, some of the performers, the studios, the directors that I really, really like to be around. Uh, it's a very, very rewarding uh, type of a gig, um, and I'm grateful for that. And the other thing that I think sort of, uh, you know, dovetails with longevity in the industry is the fans and the fandom. Why do you think you clicked with your fans? I mean, you have an incredibly supportive group of individuals that really love following everything that you do. You know, as you referenced, you, you now cater 
your productions, your personal productions, your original content to your fans. You even, you know, uh, take exclusive orders and that sort of thing. Like, why do you think after all these years, your fans are still so incredibly supportive with you? Why do you think, you know, they just clicked with you? I think I bring, I bring positivity to their lives. You know, to me, this whole industry, to me, as I see it and what I do and I create is positive. It's spreading positivity. It's bringing smiles to, to people's faces. It's, it's, it's paying attention to their, um, their needs and desires and, and creating the fantasies for them. I generally have the joy of performing and, 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 you know, being this person that I am in this industry. Um, I think I also listen to my fans. I listen to what they want, to what they want to see, what they um, like. Um, I, I don't bring drama to their lives. I know that some performers like to be always the center of attention. You know, I know that I'm not a type of a person that needs attention all the time. But if I bring something out, I want it to be positive. I want it to be um, uh, impactful in a good way. Um, you know, we all going through shit in life. We all go going through difficult moments. I not necessarily have to talk shit on on, on social media to about people and naming them just to create a, this 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 attention and and in that negative entertainment. This is not who I am. This is not one who I want to be. And I think I created a fan base, a like fan base that that uh, is around me for all those years. Uh, feels that and they they very loyal. They are very. They're, they're really, really good fans that I truly cherish and, and, and I'm grateful for. And I think the energy, what, what comes around, goes around. Like, you know, it, it, it's that type of energy that I send to the world comes back to me. And I feel this is one of the reasons why uh, I have this type of fan base uh, that doesn't throw shitty, disgusting comments at me or, 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 or being nasty. You know, I, I, I don't create this type of interaction. So it's, it's pretty natural for me that, Whoever wants to follow me, they know why they're following me for, why they subscribe to my site, why they buy my content, why they write their comments. Um, and, and I'm very, very happy about that. I love that. It also doesn't hurt that you're a fantastic performer. I mean, let's just be honest. You wouldn't be getting work, you know, 10 years in the game if uh, you did not know what you were doing in front of the camera. Thank you, thank you. I think that, yeah, that, that's definitely one of the, the biggest compliments in this business is the fact that I could uh, have been in this business for so long and, and, and have, uh, you know, the reputation that I have within it. Mm-hmm, exactly. I agree. Do you get recognized in public? You've been in the industry for 10 years. You have incredibly loyal fans that love and respect you. When you're out in public or when you're traveling, has anyone ever come up to you and been like, I know, I know who you are? <laughs> it happens a few times, but it doesn't happen that often. And I think also it doesn't happen that often because even if people sometimes staring or looking at me and like they see me or they understand, they probably thinking whether you've seen me before or, or maybe they recognize me, not that many people have the guts to come and, and say about it, especially because, you know, let's say if somebody's with their significant other or, or with their family or somebody else, a bunch of friends, what are they going to say? Oh, this guy, I've seen him watching porn. You know, it's not really something that <laughs> a lot of people will be so happy to, to share. It's not like an actor that they saw in a TV show or a movie, you know, oh, that's great, right? But, you know, everybody's watching this content, but very few people are actually talking about it. 
nobody. It's always this, this story, like, my friend of a friend watched this and they saw you or something. Like, you know how it is. It's, it's just this type of funny <laughs> situation. I remember, you know, uh, uh, like I said, very few people will, 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 you know, have the guts to, 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 to say anything about, about that. But sometimes I feel like they, they know because you can tell from the way they look and kind of how they gossip to each other and turn around, you know, kind of in a, in a sense, you can, you can read in between the lines. But very few people would, would have the guts to, to really come and, and just uh, talk to me about it. I, I actually had a funny story, speaking about uh, one time when I was ordering a salad in a place that I really like, and these ladies in the salad place were so nice to me all the time, and I was always wondering, why they're so nice to me? Like, you know, even know me, but they were super nice. They were always smiling and nice. And finally, one, one girl said to me, uh, my station, Jay, and I'm like, oh, now I understand. And, of course, I took them to the side and, like, so, yeah, 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 we, we know who you were. Like, but they finally came up to the point where they, but that took me, I don't know, maybe fourth visit there or fifth or, yeah. It didn't happen right away. But the energy was telling me that something is oddly nicer than it would be for just a stranger. I love the stories. I mean, it's just amazing. Like, and I agree with you. Like, unless somebody is alone and they see you, and, and maybe even then they might not be comfortable. I don't know, because maybe they might feel the judgment of other people, because there might be other people that recognize mm-hmm. you that haven't approached mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But it's funny. But then, you know, it, it, it's a community of fans that love and adore you still, nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, you know, whether they come up to you or not, if you notice the stairs, you know, you know that there's, you know, that that's sort of like the recognition. You know, people are like, okay, I think I know who that is, or I, I do know who that is, and uh, that's awesome. I think sometimes because, you know, uh, um, there is internet and there is this um, people that are naturally shy and in, over the in, on the internet they, they don't have that barrier. It's, it's, it's breaking their eyes quicker. So sometimes people will mm-hmm. write or tweet or, or send an email or some kind of correspondence that they wanted to tell me that they saw me there and, and somewhere but they didn't feel comfortable coming up or, or you know, but there are people who are these days, I think, especially women, I, I noticed that there's a, this um, um, younger generation of women that are very sexually empowered in a good sense, and they feel that, uh, you know, this is part of just the healthy relationship with, with sex and a healthy relationship with the entertainment of uh, adult entertainment, which I'm really, really happy about to hear, um, is coming out and, and, and you know, and, and they... Uh, you know, would would write or they will, will share some some very positive things about that something inspired them that they saw the video on this company and they saw the video on the site and and they had to figure out who I was and and then they just start following. You know, this is just but it becomes way more natural versus oh you know that you wanted to hide. Oh, I watch somebody, but I'm never going to tell anyone because it's 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 embarrassing. But that's my fantasy. Now people are more open about it, which I'm very supportive of, and and I'm happy to hear that. that despite all this negativity, the bad PR that is around the business and then the organization that tries to turn the business down, there is still a significant, excuse me, number of people that uh, perceive this in a very positive way. You're very active on social media, as you just referenced, you know, fans messaging you on social media and that sort of thing. So I'm curious to ask, what part of your body gets the most attention on social media? 
<laughs> well, it's not one part, you know. Usually, it's my. Uh, I have a huge food fetish uh, fan um, for a long time. Uh, my butt gets a lot of attention. My cock gets a lot of attention. Um, I would say there's three parts the most. Um, and generally, you know, I have um, the type of looks that I have is just like you can you can focus on different areas of my body and find something interesting there. I think so. Fans prove me that that's true. So I think that. But those three, those three. Uh, I'm not sure in that order. Maybe butt, feet, and and cock. It's something like you know. It's 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 those three in the mix for sure in the top. Over the course of the years that you have been in the industry, we talked earlier about you changing and your mindset changing and that sort of thing. What I want to ask you about is now your style of performance. You know, you've been in the game for 10 years. Has your style of fucking evolved over time as you've been in the industry? Has your performance style, your performance for the camera, has that changed at all or evolved in the time that you've been in the industry? That's a really good question because um, retrospectively, you know, at the very beginning I was I knew very little about uh, a lot of intricacies that I had to learn to swim very fast on the very deep water because nobody will teach me that and to survive as a male performer you really have to uh, figure it out and, and me being a lone wolf in life generally I don't really have a huge group of friends or you know I, I'm kind of figuring things on my own sometimes the hard way but if you figure or if you learn something the hard way you're going to learn it really well so that's my story it didn't it didn't happen uh, easy it was pretty painful at the beginning <laughs> but <laughs> But it, it, uh, it, it, you know, um, there were rewards coming from that in the sense that I became a better performer, I started understanding everything. But there was a time, probably around the time when we had our second interview, but so in 17, when I probably worked, overworked myself like crazy, that I became more mechanical than I wanted to be, that I wanted to, 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 to show. And now I feel like because I'm way more in control of who I am and, and my body and everything that comes from a lot of experience and, and, and mental place where I'm in my life right now, the confidence, I feel like uh, I'm in my prime in terms of that because I am way more aligned with my body and my mind and aware of the performance but also letting myself go into places that that people um, watching can can even enjoy more and, and feel way more genuinely, genuinely about it. And that comes with a lot of performance that I also co-perform with, who I have a very good um, chemistry with. You know, that helps so much more uh, to to create than with somebody who you don't, and, and, and there is so much acting involved. You know, it's always better when, when there's natural chemistry, especially in an intimate setting like this. So I would say if somebody's tuning in now to my work and my recent works, I think you're coming in a very good time that you can enjoy even more than some of you that remember me years ago. And those, of course, that evolved with me, like you, like we mentioned before, those fans that have been with me for so long. Uh, I think they're also noticing that, uh, you know, uh, I'm more engaged with um, a lot of my fans and their needs and their and their uh, particular fantasies and 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 I feel really good about it. I love that. I love the sound of that. The evolution of Jay Smooth, 
Very nice. Now something the smooth evolution. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that was so good. That was smooth. Jay smooth. I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, something that we did discuss in our very first interview way back in 2015. It's something that I want to bring up again just because it's so notorious with you. Like you are known for this. And so we got to talk about it again because it has been so long since we talked mm-hmm. about it the first time. And and who knows, maybe the answer might be a little different. I don't know. But we have to talk about your pop shots. Your pop shots are insane. Your pop shots are always large. What do you do to prepare for scene work when you know you have to come and you're now known? I mean, after the 10 years that you've been in the industry, your pop shots, I feel, with your fandom are legendary. How do you prepare to make sure that the pop shot comes out J smooth style? <laughs> well, it's, it's magic. It's, it's alchemy and, and black magic. <laughs> I love it. No, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all the, the, you know, all the chakras and everything. I, I should have an answer for that, right? So it's kind of elaborated answer. Exactly. But people will start researching and, 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 and make a po- potions or mixtures, you know, maybe I should. But you see, I'm too straightforward about it. Maybe I should create this whole website saying that how to come like Jason. Um, I think some. I think I'm blessed genetically. I think I uh, maintain a very healthy lifestyle, and um, maybe my diet, in a sense. I don't really know exactly what that is. I've been, you know, always having those very healthy big loads which became uh, like you said a, a notoriety or, or, a, or a signature uh, you know we have a series called facial victim series which is very very um, focused on massive uh, facials and and you know my fans those connoisseurs of the genre know exactly what to expect that's why they always encourage all the female performers to to work with me because it, in terms of facials, you know, and in the industry, I was I remember that story. I don't know if I mentioned that back then, 2015, maybe maybe I I might not remember, but this director is not in the industry. His name was Brad Armstrong. He was a contract director for Wicked, and and uh, I remember when he brought me to to his second time when he saw me and said that he already saw my concert and then Chanel Preston was, was performing with us. It was me, Ryan McLean, I think, uh, Eric Kerberhard back then. I was very new. And he expressively said, okay, before you come in, you're going to come last, you know, because it's going to be, it's gonna be the, the, the signature of the night. And he made that uh, very clear to Chanel so she knew that there is a surprise coming. And, and some people, I tell them, they know they, they didn't know me that it's going to be a lot and they say yeah yeah okay and a lot of people say a lot but they don't realize how much that can be so uh yeah you know the, the there are some some funny stories about it so when people were absolutely shocked when they first time encountered that signature facial or that signature come come shot. so uh you know i sometimes laugh at it but yeah it's a blessing it's a blessing and i i definitely uh, take advantage of that and 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 you know people can rely on on my uh my reliability in, in that sense too they know what to expect when they hire me or they or they buy my content that that specifically focus on large country 
There you go. Shout out to your Polish genes, because something's going on in, in, in your chemistry of your physique and, and that sort of thing. Because I've got to say, I mean, it's impressive, but I think what's more impressive, I mean, outside of, you know, I guess the, the, the amount and the thickness and whatever you want to call it, I think what's most impressive is how consistent the consistency is. I mean, you know, if you watch porn mm -hmm. and you have a favorite performer and, and you see, you know, different cum shots that they do and that sort of thing, you know, they're a little different each time, you know, because it depends on mm -hmm. diet, it depends on genetics, it depends on um, exercise and all that kind of stuff. Like everything really does factor into it, you know, how much you've slept, how much water you've drank and all that kind of stuff. So not everyone is consistent mm -hmm. With how they shoot, but there is a consistency in Jay Smooth that is incredibly impressive. So, props <laughs> to you, sir. Maybe, maybe it has to do something with a with a Chernobyl disaster. You know, with very, very little, very little would that happen. Maybe I absorbed some radioactive material that helped me. I don't know. Oh no! <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Yes. <laughs> I can't with Jay Smooth. I don't know. Yeah. It, there is something. There is something smooth about it. There, there is something, something smooth, smooth about, about it. it. And, uh, and uh, yeah. Yes. It definitely is. Now, speaking about coming, something that I have not asked you before, because I actually went back and looked through the like the interview questions that we've done in the past, and so this one, this I have not asked you before, that I think is a really interesting question, because once again, you know, it's longevity in the industry, it, it's the amount of time that you've been a performer, so I'm, I'm curious about the answer to this question. How do you keep yourself from coming too soon when you're doing a scene? Let's talk about your come control. Yeah, no, this is very important. It's very important uh, skill for any male performer. If uh, if I would let myself go sometimes and completely and and be you know just at the the very greatest comfort zone I could myself put in, that wouldn't happen. The scene wouldn't happen, of course. So there is this this mental game that you developed, and you have to know your body. You have to know exactly where. Um, this moment, this this I call it uh, uh, event horizon is approaching because beyond the event horizon you cannot go back. It's like the black hole analogy. Um, uh, I can put myself on the edge very uh, uh, very easily, and I can maintain that edge for a long time. It's just like um, surfing. It's being on a wave and and wave up and wave down. You 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 train yourself enough to this to be in control of that. Of course, you cannot cross the event horizon if you let this happen. There's no turning back. I was on set with um, with a young performer. We were performing a, a boy a boy boy girl a double um, a vaginal a vaginal scene, and he uh, crossed the event horizon. and And he was very embarrassed and said, "Don't worry about it. You know, take your time now to get yourself back to the end of the of the shoot." And I was explaining him exactly that analogy that I just shared with you. Um, you just have to it, it's 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 like everything it's like experience you know you go to the gym you you practice sport you 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 study something you know it doesn't come uh, Rome wasn't built in a day it comes with experience comes with uh, with certain um, uh, comfort and connection how your body functions you understand your body better because we all have different uh, bodies and and we are on different triggers for some people, this position is very dangerous in terms of coming too fast for, for some of this, and, and you know, we're all different. In my cases, you know, I know myself pretty well, and I want to have a day where I'm very sensitive, let's say, or I'm very turned on more than 
normal, let's say, then I know how to work that day off so so that my partners and my and the, the set people and directors notice that I'm going through something, let's say, because you know you're constantly dealing with that, you know, I performed a lot of virtual reality scenes. I still do, not that many, but some from time to time, which are very demanding because you are very uh, constrained, constrained has to what you can do. You basically have to be still. You can barely, you can cannot even breathe sometimes fully. You cannot even uh, make noises. You have to be almost like a robot, like a machine. To and you have to still perform. You have to still respond, even though you are not allowed to do anything. Which is uh, maybe some people think is easy. It's actually the most difficult from every. Uh, possible performers. That's why there are very few male performers that can perform in virtual reality scenes because it's so technically demanding and so difficult and so grueling, long and 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 yeah. And and there are different moments in that kind of things. You know, you sometimes feel like, oh gee, you know, this is not good. This position is going to make you. And you have to work. You you you're in your head. You're you're connecting your body. You you, you have certain techniques to to prevent crossing the event horizon. But it's always about the event horizon. It's all about maintaining that time before you cross it. Once you cross it, there's no turning back. So you just have to uh, practice and, 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 and understand each other, yourself, better to master that. It comes, like I said, freedom comes from mastery. It comes with, with experience and, and, and practice and control. You mentioned something that I think the listeners might be kind of curious about being the performer performing in that type of scene. Uh, you know, for the listeners, you know, double vaginal penetration might be, you know, mm-hmm. something that they have never experienced in their life. Both, I would say, double vaginal and double anal, you know, are two things that maybe they've never mm-hmm. experienced mm-hmm. before. And they've seen scenes that have, have included that. And I would say, I mean, I could be wrong. You're, you're a performer in the industry, so you could correct me. But I feel like in recent years, we've been seeing a lot more of that in the industry, a lot more performers that, in particular female performers, that are willing to take that on. So as a performer performing in that type of scene, in that position, can you explain to the listeners, you know, for those out there that might never get the chance to experience it, what goes into the um, the choreography, for lack of a better word, to make sure that that scene works and looks good for the camera? No, well, a lot of those type of um, sex configurations, positions, uh, like you mentioned, there, there's a double penetration, DP generally, so uh, double vaginal or double anal, right? Um, they're very technical. You know, a lot of people who want to experience those type of, uh, have those type of experiences in their private life, they don't realize how technical it is. They see important and they're like, I want to try this, you know, but you have to realize it's very technical. By technical, what I mean? I mean that you have to um, make sure that you understand how the positioning works for whether the camera or for stability of this position. Because one thing is to do a picture of something that is static uh, image, but uh, the other thing is to actually be able to perform a sex act with maybe not the most comfortable setting. There's usually one person, one male performer who's called the anchor, and he is the one that is anchoring the female performer by, for example, being on on, uh, on his back, the, the performer, let's say, is sitting on him, and then the other performer is uh, uh, coming from one of the sides or from the top, 
the anchor is very important, especially in the DP, so when you have an anal and vaginal penetration, because this person that is an anchor moves very little overall comparing to other performer. He has to keep it, especially in gangbang, when you have more more performance. Let's say there's five guys and then a woman. Uh, the anchor sometimes stays in one position for a long time, so it's very technical. You know, it's uh, it's something that um, definitely uh, it's more difficult to imagine doing than, than than very pleasurable. However, if you have two very good male performers, for example, that are very comfortable with each other and with uh, with this whole setting. Uh, they can still take the scene to 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 a great great place, and the females love those performers because they don't have to worry too much about it. You know, they just being positioned in the right way. They're if they're more experienced, they know how to position their bodies in certain configurations, uh, whether to to you know use your your uh, muscles, use your sides. You know, you know, depends what the configuration is, and that helps uh, uh, tremendously to to make the scene flowing. And, uh, and and yeah, it, it just comes with the skill, and but a lot of technicalities, right? So a lot of uh, specific positioning, specific body positioning, uh, anchoring your legs. You know, you have to be pretty strong uh, to perform in porn as a male performer, and female too, but male, because you know you you're in many positions sometimes for many minutes that uh, can cause cramps in your muscles. You tense tensions on certain muscles where your legs have to be very strong. You have to be very in control and balanced. And at the same time, not only doing this physical acrobatic exercises, you have to still be able to perform and focus on, on and be mindful of where the cameras are, what the viewers will see, where the light is, whether you're casting a shadow. If you're casting a shadow, you notice that a shadow is on your female, you have to correct yourself without anybody telling you. So the more experience you have, the more aware of this you are. And if there are more performance on set, like with the double vag or DP, the, the anal and, and, and vaginal, uh, or more, then it's even more challenging because then there's more players on stage, so they have to be more aware of everything that's happening. So as you see, there is a lot of, um, and all our listeners, uh, there's a lot of technicalities to that particular uh, uh, scene to go well and for you all to enjoy. So it's great to have at least one very experienced performer. If the other one is less experienced, he can learn. I started like this, to being surrounded by very experienced performers when I was very, very new. And now, if I get to shoot scenes like that, there's some more in inexperienced guy uh, uh, you know, uh, if they have a good attitude and they know what they're doing, they can learn pretty quickly. And I always dedicate my time to to instruct them, help them, put people in 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 positions that are going to make everybody's life easier and more comfortable. And yeah, you know, that's that's in a nutshell what what that is. I appreciate the insights. I'm sure, you know, all of that was incredibly interesting information for the listeners out there that, you know, they see these scenes, but they don't really know the intricacies that it takes to uh, make the the scene magic, you know, make the, make the scene become the scene, <clears throat> excuse me, to make the scene become the scene that they end up seeing, you know, the final product. Mm-hmm. Speaking of final products, yeah, it takes way oh, wait, more go ahead. Than, than, yeah. No, no, I'm just saying that it takes way more than probably many people would anticipate that it would, you mm -hmm. know, because maybe some of them 
see. I mean, I'm talking about the professional setting because, you know, there's a lot of people these days that just take the, their phones, the cameras, and they shoot their girlfriends and wives, and, and, and they think they're performers. I mean, yeah, they perform, of course, you know, with their own setting, but I'm talking about the set full of people, lights, professional settings, and things that I've had to deal with when I was younger, and, and you know, and, and it wasn't really a comfortable uh, setting as some people might have in their homes. So, yeah. That's the difference. Something that I'm curious to ask you about that I'm sure the listeners might be curious about as well is uh, an official J Smooth dildo. Have you ever thought about one? Huh. Have you ever thought about producing one? Have you ever thought about the idea of uh, your fans being able to take J Smooth home with them? Or at least a piece of J Smooth home with them. <laughs> That's a great idea, I think. You know, I maybe crossed my mind, but um, maybe crossed my mind earlier when I was more involved in the some sort of mainstream industry. Um, I might revisit this idea. You know, you mentioned that. Um, maybe that's a good a good legacy or to leave something uh, you know for for my fans to enjoy um, that's definitely something that I that I that I can for the loop uh, into I wasn't thinking about it any any in the recent time mm, some performers I got the offers for such things but because I'm so far removed I guess from the business um, I wasn't offered a product like that myself. So if I was to, to make one, that would have to be mine own. Definitely worth considering, maybe in the future. All right, listeners, stay tuned. Maybe by the time that we do another interview, there will be a dildo out, or at least the early stages. Who knows? Yes. Stay yeah. tuned, listeners. Stay tuned. Now, let's talk about your website. Let's talk about your original content. I'm sure that a lot of people that are tuning in probably are already subscribers and that sort of thing to the website. But for anyone that's tuning in that hasn't been keeping tabs on what JSmooth has been up to, can you share with the listeners what kind of content they can expect to see? Well, my uh, website is like the like a, a combo pizza. You have everything there that you can ask for. You have many pictures. You have many videos. You have solos. You have fetish videos. You have uh, videos and pictures focusing on all the body parts that we just told, talked about before, which are the most popular. Because I know that I have fan, uh, food fetish, uh, bad fetish, cock fetish, different things. There is also bondage videos that I do exclusively in, in custom because there is a huge fan base based on my bondage videos. Um, uh, I have a lot of uh, uh, boy-girl content. I have uh, group scenes. I have different configurations. Um, I, I, my favorite co-performers and female stars are there with me. Um, I update the site constantly. Uh, what is great about this uh, site is also that I communicate with my fans. I actually do. I don't have a, a person or an artificial intelligence set up there to answer people. I'm actually take a 
pride and 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 joy in uh, communicating with my fans uh, and um, and responding to their requests and and sending them custom videos um you can order custom videos from me which is something that i absolutely love to do because it's custom catered so everybody has different needs and desires everybody has different ways of what they wanted to see some people i have fans that i love uh, and domination, kind of uh, abuse, uh, you know, uh, uh, things. I mean, the, the sky is the limit. There's a lot of very interesting requests that I'm getting, and 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 I. Um, there are some things that I would not do, and uh, but uh, but I'm very very flexible with my fans with a lot of things. So you know, I, I do a lot of customs, a lot of solos. I have solo videos, shorter ones on my side, more longer ones on custom requests. Uh, there is probably 250 now or more even videos, about 400 pictures, um, many updates. L everything for everybody. Very nice. I love the sound of that. Now, you said you consistently update. Is there a metric in regards to how often you update? Is it a couple of times a week? How often can uh, the listeners expect to see an update? I would say every sometimes every day, sometimes every other day, maybe every three three days. It depends on 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 my uh, you know how busy my schedule is. But I constantly checking the site, constantly communicating with my fans. There is never a time where, let's say, somebody's message is not answered for more than a day or so. You know, I'm I'm really really uh, caring and appreciative of my fans and every single person that subscribe. I know that there's so many ways to spend your money on these days. And if somebody decides to support me and, and my and my uh, site and, and what I do, I'm beyond grateful for that. And uh, yeah, you know, there are some fans that have been subscribed to the site for years and, and some people coming back regularly uh, and, 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 you know, Yes, it's, it's, it's just a great resource. Uh, I'm very happy that I can do that because it's really catered towards people that truly support me and acknowledge what I do. And, yeah, and this is the place for them to be because this is, this is where uh, ultimately the J-Swift experience happens. I like the sound of that. Very impressive. Every couple of days or every day. That's that's pretty damn good. That's that's a lot of content for the listeners and your fans to get the chance to take a peek at. So uh, major props to you for the dedication. Now, one thing that I want to ask you about in regards to an aspect of your site is uh, your slice of smooth life section. Can you tell our listeners mm -hmm. a bit about that aspect of your original content? Yes, that's, that idea came to me during the pandemic. I was thinking that, you know, uh, as we were on lockdowns and, and limited in terms of what we could do, I just decided that, you know, why not to share a little bit of uh, a vlog uh, of, of my life or just a slice of it. So I called it Slice of Smooth Life, and, and it started then. And it was pretty much a document, like a little mini series vlog um, of, uh, you know, different events or different things that I could share and decided to share with, with my fan base, not necessarily related all to, to my um, uh, work in the adult business. Sometimes there were some travel, some places, some, some random things that I was doing or I was involved in. Uh, 
And yeah, and I, I, I kept doing that. There were some, I put the question and answer series there. For there was, I think, one episode which has 20 minutes of Q&As. I, I gathered questions from fans, answered them in a, in a very uh, deep manner, I would say, you know. Um, uh, so that's the way of, of getting to know a little bit of me, of, about me, because I'm a very private person. Believe me or not, depends on what I do and how much of my uh, of my image is out there everywhere. But my private life is, is pretty guarded. I, I keep it strictly private in many ways. So sometimes I give a pick of of a thing or two, and slice of smooth life is the place of, of, of to to actually get to know me better from a different facet. I uh, um, I think I'm right now in episode nine. Um, I have not, uh, there was a time that I took a little break, I think. I was just trying to see if I really fans respond to that the way they want it, but there was an, a more interest of, of me going and keeping go, going with that. So I think I'm going to be releasing the, the ninth episode of it very shortly. And usually there are between, I don't know, 15 to 30 something minutes long uh, and, and vlogs from, from various things, you know. Uh, so if you're interested in that, I'm referring to all my fans, subscribe to jasonwood.com. All the episodes are there, um, and then you can have a, a, a peek of uh, what really life, uh, of life consists of. Fantastic. What type of content do you plan on adding in the future? Is there anything that you currently aren't doing, a particular scene type, a particular scenario, or anything that you aren't featuring at the moment that you're planning on adding to the future? I think I'm going to add more uh, uh, more spice to my solo content. Um, I do that uh, for my customs, uh, so that's the best source, the, the best best way to to request more custom-made videos in terms of my solo content. I I, I do custom videos individually for for fans mostly. Uh, I don't know. I'm 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 not sure. I at this point there's going to be something like that. Uh, we all change and evolve, and and things may change. So I, I don't. I don't have anything on top of my head that I'm planning to do that I'm not doing and that's, you know, like a taboo or something. No, everything is just organically happening. Um, I, you can always ask, if you're a fan, you can always ask for something uh, that you would like to see. And, you know, I, I, I was pretty, um, it was pretty obvious for me that I don't do scenes with other males, you know, for my uh, on my site and, and my work. It's not my cup of tea. Was never interested in that. So that's not going to change. Most likely, I don't see any reason for that. Other than that, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, I've been so versatile in terms of what I do and my work that you know, there's there's really a lot of different things that you can expect at that site and, and, and my work in general. And I love suggestions, I love fan suggestions, you know, I really do, sometimes people inspire me to, to, to explore into things that, you know, I wasn't even thinking of, you know, and, and still catching myself in the situation, like, oh, I thought I really seen everything. But, you know, there's always something um, uh, new that you can that can learn every day. I'm sure your true fans are like, why do we need another male performer when we have Jay Smooth? I certainly hope so. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. 
Okay, so as we start wrapping things up, it's time to go inside the Porn Actors Studio. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions that should allow your fantasy supporters to get a greater insight into you. So it's split up into categories, and mm-hmm. the first category is TV. What's the most recent television series you binged? Uh, succession. I became addicted to Succession. I'm staying, trying to stay away from TV shows because they're getting, they can make you addicted. And uh, but I gave in, and I'm really happy. I really enjoyed the show. What's a TV series that you've seen more than once in its entirety? I don't think I've seen a, any TV series more than once. In the entirety, no. Maybe one or two episodes I repeated or something, but not, never the entire series. Who's your most favorite television character? <sighs> Walter White. Oh, that's a good choice. From Breaking Bad. Yes. <laughs> what was your favorite cartoon growing up? Uh, one from the Looney Tunes, the, the Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. I always supported the Coyote so badly, and he always got fucked over by the Roadrunner until one episode really when they did. actually caught the Roadrunner, and then was a question like, "No, you always wanted me to catch him, and I won." And he released him. So obviously, but yeah, I, I really loved that one. That was something that I still love it till till now. What's the worst television show you've ever seen? I try to stay away from those bad ones, really, but um. um the worst television show that I've I think one of those reality TV shows, like uh, those Shocks of Santa or some kind of like this nonsensical reality TV shows that I really don't like. I don't like this type of things. I don't like that. Something along those lines. The next category is film. What's your favorite film genre? Uh, oh, that's a tough one. I like different genres, but let's say my favorite one. Um, I really like science fiction, and I like um, I like uh, um, I would say drama in general. Yeah, like you know, movies, really deep movies about human condition and the relationships. You know, what's the name of a movie that frightened you the most growing up? Nightbreed. It was a movie from the I think nineteen eighty nine or ninety ninety. I had a yeah, I had a computer game and I was like fascinated by it, but it was just scary because I was very young. And I remember I was asking my dad if I can watch that movie and he was like, Okay, you like this game even though you're too young but you you can watch it. And I remember it was it was pretty scary for me at that time, yeah. But uh it was super original. I was I was fascinated. Scared and fascinated at the same time. What's a film that you've viewed over five times? What movie? I think I watched, oh, definitely, I, I did Star Wars many, many times. I did Ocean Eleven many, many times. I, I did The One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest many, many times. Yeah, but, you know, I, there are some movies that I can keep watching and watching, and I always enjoy them. What's the last film you viewed in theaters? Last movie I watched in a the theater, what was that? Mm. It's more like time ago. I can't remember. I think was it that James Bond, the the, the last one. I'm I'm not sure, but you know, just I remember that I watched the the, the last uh, the most recent James Bond in the movie theaters at least twice. 
Uh, I think I watched something after that, but I can't remember right now. What's your go-to concession snack? Go-to concession snack? Oh, I think uh, oh, uh, tortilla chips maybe sometimes, but unsalted ones with some good, with some good Hatch Valley sauce from New Mexico, maybe something like that, yeah. The next category is music. Who was your first concert? Uh, my first ever concert I attended? Yes. Oh, Jesus. Uh, probably it's easier for me to say when I moved to the States. Uh, maybe that because, you know, I think there was a... Uh, uh, I went to Duran Duran, but like probably when I was very young, the first concert, some kind of a Polish artist that nobody would know here. So, yeah, when I was very young. What's your theme song? My theme song? Oh, yeah, I'm going to answer you the, the, the humorous version of this because it, it's a really song that just uh, I even used to uh, promote one of my uh, my site. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a song from the 80s. The, 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 the artist is Eddie Huntington, and the, and the song's name is Meet My Friend, and the song is about a dick. So the song goes like, meet my dick, he knows every little trick. Meet my, meet my friend, he knows every little trick. Meet my friend called Dick. And there is, of course, a verse, but it's so silly and so stupid, but I kind of start making helicopters uh, with my dick to it, and, and I think <laughs> it's funny. You can probably find it somewhere on my site. On, 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 yeah. That's amazing. On my Twitter. Yes. What's your go-to karaoke song? Go-to? Oh. I don't know, maybe Enjoy the Silence by Depeche Mode. Do you sing in the shower? I sing all the time. I love singing. I, I play a lot of music. Uh, my car sound system is, is probably more expensive than many other cars. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm crazy about music. Music is so important to me. So I sing. I, I listen to music all the time. Who's the music artist you play to set the mood? Mm. There is a band. Los Angeles are called the Cannons, but I think they're still a very un undiscovered band. They're a pretty recent band. They've been around by uh, six, seven years, but they just got some some popularity these days. And I think their music, it's very, very interesting. I love. It puts me in a great sexual mood. The next category is pop culture. What's your favorite video game? Probably Star Wars Battlefront Two. I love this game. And, yeah, and some sports games like soccer, sort of soccer games, just things like that. But, yeah, no, I, I've, been, I've been playing the most Star Wars Battlefront, I think. Have you ever seen a ghost? No, I have not. Who would win in this fight, a vampire or a werewolf? A vampire, a vampire. Um, I, I, I played vampires uh, uh, in theater, I, I, I love the characters of vampires, so I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for vampire. Have you ever been to a psychic? I have not. I, I, I've never been to a psychic, no. What's the last book you read? Probably something very scientific, like, uh, I don't know, this Elegant Universe by Brian Greene about string theory, and one of my big hobbies, astrophysics, and and nerdy stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I love those type of books. The next category is food. What's the first meal you learned how to cook by yourself? Um, breakfast is the most important meal of my day, so definitely breakfast. So, 
eggs and bacon and um, oatmeal, you know, with, with fruit, things like that, you know. This is like something that I absolutely love. What's your favorite spice? Favorite spice? I don't really use too many spices, so, you know, probably, let's say curry. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla. What's your food indulgence? In other words, what kind of type of food I like the most? What can I indulge myself in? Mm -hmm. I would say sushi. Really good sushi. Especially like the omakase experience in Japanese restaurants where they serve you like this whole course of well, different pieces. I absolutely love raw Japanese food. What's the most impressive meal you can make? I'm very limited in that in that area. I've never been a really a creative cook or chef, so I would say um, I would say some um, Chinese kind of dish from a walk with uh, with soy beans with with chicken with some uh, bamboo shots and 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 some sauces. I've learned that when I was younger, and I think that's the most sophisticated dish that I can pull out. The next category is sex. How old were you when you lost your virginity? 16. Prior to entering the adult industry, so before you were a performer, who was your mm -hmm. favorite porn star? Oh, her name was uh, two of them. Uh, the American was uh, called, uh, her name was Tony Roberts, and the uh, European was Sophia Sweet. I think. Yes, these were like my crushes. Where's the strangest place you've masturbated? Huh. Probably in a car next to a police car. <laughs> That's kind of strange. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And the, yeah, the windows got foggy. I believe it. I'm sure those, poli those policemen knew what was going on there. They didn't <laughs> mind, I guess. There you go. What's your favorite sexual position? Um, I really enjoy missionary because, you know, it gives you control and eye contact and you can do so much with it. So, yeah, maybe it sounds very boring, but privately, that's definitely my to-go. Are you a member of the Mile High Club? I guess I am. I, I've, I've had that kind of experience in the past, so, so I, I probably, yeah, should, I should get a membership card. And the final category is Y-O-U. What's your favorite color? My favorite color is red. How many languages can you speak? Too fluently. What's a place you haven't visited before that you hope to visit? I haven't been to Japan and I really want to go. If you could have dinner with one person, dead or alive, who would it be? Uh, it would be my grandfather. I... Uh... I felt like I didn't spend enough time, especially when he got really sick with him. And I would wish I had one more uh, dinner with him. And the final question in this set, what's your favorite curse word? Fuck. What's next for Jay Smooth? What's on the horizon? What can the listeners and the fans expect from you in the near future? Uh, definitely can expect uh, great collaborations that I'm going to be releasing soon. I had the uh, pleasure of working with uh, some wonderful performers and um, uh, 
more solar content that is coming. And I am still um, due to make a reverse gangbang that I'm going to produce. I'm going to invite five wonderful women, and they're going to do a very, very naughty things to me that everybody would love. Fantastic. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's going to be good. That's going to be good. Uh, yes. For the listeners out there that don't know what a reverse gangbang is, you know, a typical gangbang, it's a bunch of male performers, and it's usually one female performer. And, I mean, you can imagine what happens. And a reverse gangbang is the reverse of that. So it's one male performer and a bunch of female performers. And you can imagine what's going to happen to Jay Smooth when that happens. So that is spectacular. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yes. Fantastic. It's oh, gonna that's going to be... It's going to be epic and memorable. That it's going to be magical. I, 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 have it pl- I have it played out of my head. Yes. I'm oh. still coming with new ideas. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm still, yeah, I'm still clarifying really what I want there. And new thoughts coming to my head. All of a sudden, I became very creative when I think about it. This is like something that I really want to do. Yes. But the time has to be right, and, and all the stars have to be aligned. Exactly. And hopefully it's the first of many for your original content. I certainly hope so, too. Yes. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, and as well, you know, just to remind them, hook them up with uh, the link so that they can go to to where your original content is. Yes. Uh, the easiest way to um, get hold of me is my website is jsmooth.com, and you can communicate with me there. There's all the content that we talked about there. I use Twitter. It's also jsmooth.com, but it's it's just spelled D-O-T-C-O-M, right, jsmooth.com. Um, and in terms of more PG kind of proper uh, place, it's, I have an Instagram. It's called Slice, Slice of Smooth Life. And as the, as the name uh, says, it's a slice of my more uh, private kind of personal life, maybe... Places I go, it, it doesn't really go into any adult-related uh, content, but I post a lot of mainstream modeling pictures or videos there, a lot of different things like that. So that will be a great place to, to visit. And these are, you know, these are the uh, these are the, the places that you can buy my videos at the my Manavit page. It's jsmoothxxx.manavit.com. Perfect. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? I just wanted to say thank you to uh, everybody and all the all this wonderful fans. And uh, I think you've had a, a, a great uh, opportunity to hear about the business, about myself, and, and what's, what's new. And I will very much welcome you to my sites and my content. And like I said, each and every one of you is uh, most welcome. I just want to say I'm very grateful for all of them, for every single time that I have. Well, Jay, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview, for coming back for your third interview. Thank you for having me. Of course. And listen, you know, I, I hope we can do another interview. It will definitely be much sooner than six years. So the door is open for more. Um, I hope to have you on sooner rather than later to update the listeners and your fans on what you've been up to. Perfect. Thank you so much.
Yes, definitely. Maybe after you do the reverse gangbang. <laughs> yes, yes. That would be a great time. I will say this, Jay Smooth. You always give great interview. I'm always incredibly impressed by you after every interview that we do. And, and I'm always incredibly appreciative of your candor, your openness to answer questions. I know that you're a very private person, but I'm incredibly appreciative of you, uh, you know, just giving all these fantastic detailed answers that I know that your supporters and the listeners, uh, you know, love hearing. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you've you always that. been so incredibly kind and supportive, so I thank you for that as well. Thank you as well. Thank you. Thank you for bringing me back. You're welcome. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Papi Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Poppy Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One on One with Poppy Chulo, visit poppychuloradio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash poppychulo one on one. That's at Poppy Chulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash radio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Jay Smooth and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night. Thanks for listening to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week. <laughs>